You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. Welcome back to E-Commerce Marketing School. We are in session today with our guest professor, Casey Holiday. Casey, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. What's happening, everyone? It's honored. I'm honored to be here. Oh, I'm so stoked you're here. You know, I have been reading your newsletter for a while now, and you have such great, not only like on the boots on the ground kind of experience running a brand, but then a lot of great perspective as you've worked with other brand owners and operators over the years. And so recently, you know, I was reading through some of the things that you were writing about. You talk a lot about kind of what it means to be a CEO, what it means to run a business. And we have talked very tactical stuff this season about BFCM on e-commerce marketing school. And I just kept thinking about what you are always kind of preaching about, which is not losing sight of the business overall and getting you in the weeds. Because a lot of folks listening are kind of owner operators, founders who are also building ads, who are writing emails. Um, And I just wanted to get your perspective on this season, this BFCM Q4, if you will, just all of it. It's a crucial time period for a lot of brands in terms of revenue. But I feel like there's probably some big mistakes that are happening during this time that um, maybe you can help some of our listeners avoid. Absolutely. I would love to. And you're right. It is a uh, one of the most challenging parts of being an owner operator, and even just operating a business, whether it's as a founder or just as a CEO, is the ability to try and think five years in advance, but also be worried about what's happening in the next five minutes and constantly like oscillating between those two places and trying to create sanity in the midst of all of that while you're trying to worry about people and all of the other things associated with it. It's one of the unique challenges of leading a business. And I think at this time of year, that's especially true where everything becomes so entirely focused on these four days or whenever it is that your your company begins running its sale that you almost like you put blinders on to the rest of what's happening in the business and all the other elements of what it is that makes your company successful. And so I think part of there's an argument to be made that some blinders should be put on because of how critical the weekend is to the collective success for a lot of businesses. But I think there's also a lot of risk associated with doing that as well. And one of the first ones I would say, so I, I was thinking about this when you first you know reached out to me on, on you know considering all the other operational capacities that people need to take into consideration during this time. And the, I think the first thing I would say is... Uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, is you do you. And what I mean by that is there is a massive comparison culture that happens around Black Friday weekend and Cyber Monday weekend and Q4. And I think a lot of owner operators, while they are looking for great resources, hacks, tips, lessons, they lose sight of what's best for their business while chasing what other people are saying is great for their business. And I think if you, you know, if you spend any time on Twitter, which, um, which both of us have is there's a lot of revenue screenshots. There's a lot of, Hey, this is what I'm doing for my brand. And this is why. And I think it becomes almost like too much information as an owner operator and you sort of lose sight of the big picture of your own business and what's best for your own business. And so that could be some entities that are like, Hey, you know, we're not really a BFCM weekend type of business. Our seasonality is different. And then they start freaking out thinking they should be doing things. Or if you are, if you're seeing discounts that other brands are running and you go, well, gosh, they're running a, you know, up to 50% off sale. Maybe, maybe I need to do that as well, but your margin doesn't allow for you to run an up to 50% off sale. And so you start losing sight of the bigger picture of your own business. So I would just encourage 
encourage everyone that while you're in the madness of it all, to take a step back and make sure that you're looking at your own business and grabbing all this information from all these other wonderful people, because there's a lot of really smart people that can help you, but apply it through the lens and the filter of your own business and be very protective of what you allow into your your head and your heart during this time in terms of comparison culture with other brands and other companies' performances. Because a brand that's doing 50 million, if you're doing 500,000 a year, a lot of their lessons and learnings are not applicable to where you are. Yeah. I When I was consulting, I got a lot of asks for like, hey, can you make emails for us like Glossier emails? Like, cool. No, because you're not Glossier right? Like you're not even a makeup brand, first of all. And like, yeah, you're, this is your second year in business and you have a team of 10 and it's an entirely different business model, entirely different budget and, you know, look and feel and like, yes, Glossier has some great things you can learn from in their emails. And, you know, there's plenty of brands. It's great to go and get inspiration, but then bring it back and think about how does that inspiration actually apply to my business? You know, there's really good emails and all those places where you can go and like, look at all the collections of stuff. And you might screenshot uh, someone's ad and put it in your team slack and say like, this is so cool. But the question is, then how do we do it? What is the version of this for our business? What about people? So for those- Wow, that was what I had next. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) For those of us who are, who have a team, even if it's one other person, um, or maybe you have 25 direct reports on your team, you know, what about people during this time? So I'm so glad you said that because I think also what happens is we become very, especially as as operators, CEOs, things like that, we become very self-indulgent during this time because a lot of our performance or the overall company performance or the stakes feel very high. And so we become very internally focused as a leader and a bit obsessed with the output or the performance or the revenue or whatever it is. And some of that is justified because the stakes are a bit higher during this time of the year. But what I think we then do is we force our people to become transactional cogs in the wheel of Q4. And we lose sight of the fact that these are people that have other roles and responsibilities outside of this critical time and that have other things going on in their life during this time. And one of the big ones is remembering that this, all of the, and this is a challenging part of e-commerce businesses is like a lot of this is revolves around critical family moments and holidays in people's lives, right? And I think, I guarantee you, if you ask like a bunch of e-com operators, they probably would forget the fact that Thanksgiving was the day before. And the only reason they remember it is because they have an ad and they're running early access for that Thanksgiving ad that they're running, right? Like that kind of thinking. And so it's critical to be, to remember this, like the season that we're going through and that these are really important times for people, not just to be spending quality times with their life outside of work, but to also be refreshing and, you know, getting themselves back a little bit after the rush of leading up to this time. And so giving them that time to actually decompress in those windows of time that we allow for them. So if that's maybe a few days before Christmas or that's, you know, maybe that Thursday of Thanksgiving is just remembering that these are people that we are managing that have obligations and lives that exist outside of the workplace and to not treat them as transactional. And one way that you can, as a CEO, that you can get ahead of it is being very upfront with expectations of time, workload, and effort leading up to it. So being very clear about what days you have off, what are the expectations on Black Friday? What are the expectations in the week of Thanksgiving? What are the expectations during Christmas time or Hanukkah for people if that applies? Whatever it is, like being aware of these cultural moments in people's lives and being upfront around the expectations. So if you are running a warehouse and you have seasonal hiring, what the expectation is there. And so I think you can get ahead of 
what could perhaps create a lot of uh, animosity within team members or even within your culture by being very clear and upfront around the expectations um, and doing your best to work with members of your team to allow for them to have the space that they need, but also you know run a, a, a good Q4 and make sure that they're available during the times that you need them because we all know in a way what we've signed up for running e-com businesses. Yeah, it's almost like uh, get the like print out a calendar of November and December and put everybody's names on it for like the because different teams are going to have different time periods where they're on heavy and not. So I'm thinking about like on our own company, real heavy, creative, life cycle, social prep, getting up to BFCM. And then the everything's scheduled and going out. And so so then it's like our time to chill. And that's when CX is really stepping in, right? Like that's when they're coming in because the emails are going out, the questions are coming in about the deals, like all of that. So it's there's a rotation. Yep. And I think also you're you're absolutely right is if you're running a business and it's chaos on Black Friday, not because you're responding to data that you're seeing, but it's chaos because things weren't ready, you weren't planned, people are overworked, all of that, that's a reflection of your leadership. It's a reflection of your culture. And so to your point is, if you can do as much of the work beforehand to prepare for that weekend, then it really becomes a, not a set it and forget it, but a set it and let's see what happens, but giving people then the space to have the time and space that they need around this time of year. So you're absolutely right. And then it does get passed to the CX team. And what, something we used to do with Kayla when we were running it is we would give the CX team a week off in October or a week off right in the times where it wasn't going to be chaos because we were aware of the time. Like, hey, you just by the nature of what you do and the expectation of the role is you won't have as much free time during this time of year because it is critical that we're responding to customers and we're putting them first. But don't do that at the expense of your people. Yeah, yeah. It's like my CPA takes basically the month of May off. Like she and her whole team are like, we're done. We got through tax season and we're going to take a little break and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. You have to acknowledge those time periods for your team. And I think that lesson carries through to the rest of the year, you know, when we have big holidays or different brands have different um, focuses, different times of year, you know, you might make something that's a little bit more popular around Mother's Day or Father's Day or Fourth of July. I don't know, you have a, you know, flag brand. And so leading up to Fourth of July, you're really busy just acknowledging that for your own brand, like kind of to your first point of like what applies to someone else might not apply to you. Okay, what else? So we, we have uh, like business model people, what else? Yep. So I would say carrying the people process forward, I would talk about partners that you have externally from the company as well. So being very upfront and communicative with your 3PL if you have one, giving them your anticipated forecast, what you think is going to be happening, understanding what their expectations of staffing are and at what the timelines are going to be, making sure that your shipping deadlines, you're aware of them and you're working with the 3PL. If you have specific bundling that you're doing during this time of year, all the potential complexities, almost imagine for you just sit down with your team and imagine, imagine we were the 3PL. <laughs> like what are all the new things that are that we're putting on their plate that may perhaps disrupt the process and flow that they've optimized up to this point for us or for the, the earlier part of the year for us and understanding that. So that's one. And then the other is your paid media agency as well. Just again, understanding forecasts, understanding anticipated metrics that we're trying to hit during this time and planning with these teams. Again, to your point, so we are not losing our minds in the midst of the chaos when they're shipping thousands of orders 
a day on our behalf. And we're yelling at them because we didn't prep them about the bundle that we were doing and it went out incorrectly. Um, so I think eliminate with partners, and this is true whenever you're managing partners, but you have to el- like own all the areas that you should be held accountable for in that relationship. So that way, should something go wrong, you know that you've crossed your T's and dotted your I's. And it's less about pointing blame, but it's more so about saying, hey, we've done what we needed to in order to set you up for success. Because there is a lot of, and I'm sure you know when working with agencies, there's a lot of animosity on who said this, you said this, did we align on what we were supposed to do? Well, we thought this was success, you thought this was success. And and so going into this time of year, it being chaos, and a lot of them probably have a lot of other clients as well. You're not the only one, even though we we often think that we are, right? Um, so I think a lot of just exactly what you said on the with your internal team as well, I think if we can prep our external partners as well and be really good partners to them during this time and also recognize that they're people that have families and lives outside of it, and it's the holiday season as well, that you can save yourself a lot of headaches um, and also improve customer experience by making sure that you're getting ahead of all of the needs that the customers have during this time. Because it really is pivotal to a lot of them are gifting or, you know, different times of year that are important to our customers too. So partners would be the other one I'd add. Yeah. And, you know, the partner piece, I think it's a good lesson for BFCM, but then also for like, if you are rolling out new products, if you have a big launch, I think sometimes with partners, we feel like they're so integrated into our company that like they know. Um, and that, right, like we did it in all hands. Oh, wait, they weren't actually there. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. We didn't share any of these materials with them at all. No, we put it in the general Slack channel for everyone in the company to see, but we forgot that our partners aren't in there and they have a separate Slack channel. We need to make sure we do that communication. So um, if you don't have somebody in your team who naturally like does that is kind of the comms person across the board, you, that's your job as the founder, as the CEO. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're held accountable to everything. And that's the, the blessing and the curse of what it is that we do is that we get to call all the shots. But at the same time, if things go wrong, it's your fault, you know, and whether you were the one that was pulling the, you know, pulling the levers or not, at the end of the day, it's the accountability and it's your head that's on the respectfully on the chopping block, right? (laughs) Should you be there or the stakes are high? Yeah. And if everything goes right, it's your, that's your fault too. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So you get, you get the wins and the spoils. Is there anything else? Um, So partners, uh, people are, you know, are kind of processes, customers? Customers. That's, that is a, sure. I mean, I guess we should probably talk about them. They're kind of important, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess like partners made me think about customers because I think some of those same communications, while you don't want to necessarily spoil the surprise for your customers, there are certain things like we had a discussion the other day about, hey, we're going to have different hours during the holidays for our CX team. And so we have in our email templates, we have a little module that has, you know, kind of standard, here's our how to reach them, here's their hours, all that stuff. And we can actually do like a replace all in all the modules with where we can go in and edit those hours. And we can replace it in every email it's in. And then after the holidays, go back and change the hours back, right? So like making sure that those communication points that you're thinking about with your partners are also happening across the board to your customers. If you change your CX hours, make sure that your everything reflects that, right? Like the website, the all of it. Yes. And you're, and again, it's the common theme here. It sounds like a lot of it is like, is communication is, are we effectively communicating what's happening to everyone that has a stake in our company's success and, or in our product's success in their own life. And I think you're right. And one, one thing that I see, and I work with a lot of seven figure e-com companies is customer service is often a very reactive secondary thought process for a lot of owners. It's a, 
sure, I guess we'll respond to customers when they have a problem and we're always sort of rolling our eyes at that problem. And we found somebody that's, you know, maybe part-time that's responding to these and it's not a priority of what it is that we're doing. And I think that in terms of customer service, it's a massive opportunity for you to actually create an advantage for yourself, especially during this time of year. And so if you can go through the process of being very honest and upfront on, to your point, hours that will be available, simple things that I think as a founder, it's like, I'm worried about MER and ad spend. Like I'm, I'm not even thinking, you know, it's like, we like almost brag about what we pay attention to. And I often try and get people to flip it around and go like, okay, if we're thinking about it through the lens of the customers, right? Like if we think about it, actually, if you think about this time of year, and I love doing this with, with people's org charts is often the org chart sits right this and the CEO's at the top of it, right? And then on, a, on the fringes are all of the people that are in the day to day, right? And then the customers are who they're dealing with. And if you just invert that your org chart there. And then you've got it like this. And the CEO is actually the one that's holding up the entire organization, right? So you see the weight of that and understand the capacity. I mean, the expectation of you as the leader of this business, whoa, that's a new perspective. And then what you also see is it's actually your customers that sit at the top, the, your customer service team, the team that's sending emails, the team that's engaging them, that's actually on the fringes in the front lines, communicating with these customers. And you have to try and find a way to have all of those data points from customers somehow get down to you. And that's like this interesting exercise that I do with CEO you have to try and get them to think about it differently. And I think that flips it a little bit and you start going, oh, then what is it that these customers need to know on the fringes so my team can ultimately handle it so it doesn't need to get to me? And so that's an example. And so one thing maybe is, hey, maybe you're just in an email response company when it comes to customer service, but maybe you throw live chat on for these two months and you try and get ahead of a lot of things. And also what live chat represents is an opportunity to upsell. If somebody has a specific question or they're curious about a couple of products, you can actually use it as a proactive marketing tool or sales tool in a way. And it's also a good resource that you can provide. And if you look at the numbers of your business, there may be a justification for you to say, hey, it does make sense to bring on some seasonal staff to add live chat during this time of year to make sure that customers are getting a great experience and we're getting ahead of some of these emails. So little things like that, but you're absolutely right. And it's funny, even talking about Black Friday is a lot of founders of companies forget that we're consumers as well. So, you know what I mean? Like we, we, it's like, have you gone through your own, you know, experience of being a customer in your own brand? No. Well, no, I haven't really. It's like, well, that's a very simple thing. But also, are you shopping in stores too? Yeah. Would you like that experience? No, I wouldn't like that experience. But I'm trying to save a dime in my own business. And it's like, really? Like, that's how we're prioritizing it. And we lose, again, lose sight of the bigger picture of things. Yeah. And, you know, the thing I love from software is the breakdown between customer success or customer support and customer success. And the way that those two teams operate very differently and they hire a different type of person. So I encourage more uh, e-commerce brands to start to think about customer success over customer support. Yes, that's so good. It's so good because you're right. I think that's exactly the switch that we were talking about of going from, you know, like, oh, we're just going to respond when it happens and it's going to be an annoyance versus what if we actually are holding hands with these customers and walking them through the journey to get them to have the best experience that they have? Because in theory, that boosts LTV, which ultimately is what we all need as e-com operators, right? And that inverted org chart is a really interesting thought exercise. I think for everyone, you know, what, especially if you're like a director, VP level of this like kind of middle management uh, where instead of thinking about, oh, all these people report into me, it's like, I serve all these people. The, all these people are giving me information. How do I make it easy for all of this information to come to me? And then I have to, you know, 
pass it on down, down instead of up. I really like that. Casey, we could talk about this for, I mean, when, when I emailed you, you were like, how long do you have? But, <laughs> exactly. Like, do we have a couple of days? Yeah. Or is, it's yeah. not an offsite? Okay, right. Okay. Exactly. Um, so I read your emails and love them. I want to encourage everyone to um, to sign up for your newsletter and learn. I, you know, to your point of like, we can take in all this information. There's lots of newsletters. Everyone has one. Um, I think yours is incredibly valuable and a very unique perspective. That's not like, here's how we run ads or here's how to do this. Um, it's very focused on that that founder and um, building that operational mindset. So uh, please tell our students today how they can go get your newsletter and then where they can find you, where they can learn more. Yeah, absolutely. So if you just go to kcholiday.com, so my it's the initials KC um, and then holiday, just like Christmas, kcholiday.com is where you can go sign up for my newsletter there. And then you can find me on Twitter. So I've re- I recent, well, I guess it's X now. So I recently in this past year decided to start engaging in the D2C X world. And it's been uh, wonderful 90% of the time. And then the other 10 is like, it is the nature of X, right? So that's just what it is. Um, and so there is a way that you can find me. And then um, what I do during the day is currently I'm the head coach at Daily Mentor. So Davey Fogarty, um, who's been in the, the e-com space for a while, who's an Australian entrepreneur, and I launched uh, an e-com mentorship community for seven-figure business owners. Um, and that's at dailymentor.co. So if you're interested in joining that community, you can find me there as well. Amazing. Um, I hope everyone does at least one of those things and look, continues <laughs> to learn from you. I've learned a lot today. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Val. I appreciate you having me. All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to e-commerce marketing school and huge favor. If you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review with Privy. Anyone can be a marketer, simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to triple whale e-commerce marketing school is now part of the triple whale podcast network. Triple whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.